I have been given lots of things in my life. People have been very generous to me, and I'm very thankful for that. I've been given guitars, and some of them are pretty nice. In fact, I think about half my collection came from people giving me guitars. It's pretty awesome. Also, there was a pretty important moment in my wife Jackie and I's life where I had a boss actually give us the money for a down payment on our first house. Talk about a game changer. That was really life altering for Jackie and I as we were about to have our first child, Emma. That was huge. In my life, I've had people give me cars. I've also had the experience of going to my boss at one of my jobs and saying that for me to support my family, I needed him to double my salary. And within 30 seconds, he said yes. Amazing. I have been the recipient of some incredible generosity. And it's been life-altering. And you know what? Because of all those moments, I want to be a generous person too. I would like to, to do that for other people. Maybe help them in a life-altering moment when I have extra and I can be generous. I mean, we know generosity can change destinies. It can change people's whole stories. And maybe you're thinking of a time when you were the recipient of a great blessing, where someone was generous to you and it changed the world. And if that's ever happened to you, just maybe give a little shout out to that person at some point or just thank God for that. Or maybe you've been someone who's been able to be a blessing enough to someone's life that it changes their life. You've been able to be generous in their life. Maybe, maybe you can think of a time when you did that. And maybe you did that anonymously. What an awesome thing. And we can celebrate both of those moments where we can be a recipient of great generosity or we can be the giver of great generosity. If you've ever been in that moment, it's a good time to be thankful to God. I'm Pastor Ben. I'm glad you've joined us today here online together in this new year. And we're talking all about how we can be the kind of generous people that God has called us to be. He's called us to be people who are willing to open our hands to real needs. We're in this series called Overflow, and this is week two. And in this series, we've been talking about that, how our generosity gives us a glimpse of the great grace that God shows to us. And last week, we talked about the idea of changing our mindset, going from a mindset of scarcity to a mindset of abundance, and that we've been given more than we need, and with whatever we have, we can bless someone else with something that they need. And we're talking about generosity even today, and we're going to move that forward and talking about the idea of when we're generous, we can actually change lives. And that's what we're going to be leaning into today. So I want to say a quick prayer before we get into today's message that I'm simply calling Generosity Changes Lives. Would you pray with me? Our Father and our God in heaven, speak to us loudly and clearly through your Holy Spirit about how we can indeed be people with an abundance mindset who are willing and able to be generous and to share what we have. And all of it comes from you. Help us to be your stewards. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen overflow. Now, Jesus talked about wealth and money and finances, the stuff we have, 
more than almost any other topic. And I think there's good reason for that. I don't think that he was obsessed with money or that he was trying to raise funds for his new Jesus movement. I don't think that has anything to do with it. I think Jesus understood the human heart. He understood that of all the other things that we might be tempted by, money, wealth, and possessions has a unique hold on our hearts and our lives. And he knew that. And he wanted to speak directly to that danger. Because it's the one thing, money, wealth, possessions, it's the one thing that really seems to capture the human heart. That, that place where all of our decisions are made, even how we decide to worship. And money will be one of those things that will compete for the very place of God in our lives. And so Jesus really wanted to warn us about that and to teach us about that. Money is one of those things that we will be tempted to put before Almighty God. It's probably why in our culture, in this country, we talk about the almighty dollar. It grieved Jesus' heart one day when a rich young ruler came up to him, was really excited, and uh, he's a guy that had done a lot of important stuff in his life. Maybe he had, he had achieved many great things, and he was a generally moral person. But it grieved Jesus' heart because Jesus in that moment to that rich young ruler gave an opportunity. He gave him an opportunity to, to choose. And he could choose to continue with the pathway he was on, or he could choose to follow Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of all. And this rich young ruler was faced with a choice. And the choice to leave the path he was on was too costly for him because he was fairly wealthy. And he decides to walk away sad instead of following Jesus. And that young man walks away sad and Jesus' heart is grieved because he had such an opportunity. But he put wealth, money, possessions, even his own career above following Jesus. In another moment, in the parable of the sower, a lot of people know that parable. It's a well-known story of Jesus. We might call it the parable of the four soils. In that, Jesus taught at least for one of those soil types, that the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches tends to act like thorns in the life of a person of faith. And when those thorns start to grow and thicken and, and get ingrained in your life, you begin to lose your ability to be faithful and to be fruitful. The cares of this world and, and the deceitfulness of riches can take us out of the kind of life that Jesus had intended for us, a life of abundance. And it's a real danger and a warning to us to be careful of what those can do to us. In Jesus' famous, and we call it the upside-down kingdom message, we might call it the kingdom manifesto. We talked about it last year as we were going through the book of Matthew, the gospel of Matthew. In Matthew chapter 5 through 7, we call it the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus addressed these very issues we've been talking about, money, wealth, resources, and what that does to us and how we're supposed to react to that. And Jesus addressed this issue in chapter 6, starting with about verse 19. Do not lay up for your tre yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, 
where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. After he says this, he adds a few more statements, really reminders about how God knows our needs, and he will respond to those needs so that we do not need to worry, that we just keep on seeking uh, Jesus and his kingdom and his righteousness. Uh, everything will, will, will work out. There will be plenty to meet our needs. In fact, Jesus commands us in that moment. He commands us, do not worry. Oh, we have a struggle with that. In our Christian walk, we struggle with the idea of worry. But he's calling us, don't worry, because God knows what we need. We don't need to get wrapped up, entangled in the thorns of the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of riches, because it will, it will stamp out that, fruit, that fruitfulness that he wants for us. As someone once said, money is a great employee, but a horrible boss. Being generous changes lives in two different ways. I've kind of already mentioned that. The first one is for the recipient. Now, the receiver, their life can be changed because their needs are finally met and their destiny can be altered, kind of like Jackie and I was way back in the day. But, but generosity can change lives in another way, and that is for the giver, the one providing the blessing the heart is transformed and renewed and warmed because in that moment, we, we can begin to reflect God's image in our lives. You know, we talked about this last week too, that the reality is it's not about how much we're able to give, the kind of size of the resources or what that gift is. The, the amount isn't the, the issue. It's trusting God with what you have. I mean, there was one time where Jesus sort of went bananas over this, this, this poor widow who, who really just gave in a couple of pennies. And, uh, and she gave this offering, and, and he said, and he told his disciples, she's actually, she's given more than everybody else. Technically, those other people actually did give larger gifts, but she, she gave all that she had to live on. And that was special because it showed that she trusted God and that he would know what she needed. Listen to Mark's account of that moment. And here's Jesus speaking to his disciples. He called his disciples and said to them, Come here, guys. I tell you the truth. This poor widow has put more into the offering box than all of the others. For they all gave out of their wealth, but she gave out of her poverty, put in what she had to live on, two pennies, everything she had. That's trust. And that's the heart that God is after for us, for all of us. Jesus wants to have for us this overflowing life, this life of abundance. And in Luke 6, we have another recording of that famous upside-down kingdom manifesto that we've been talking about in Matthew's gospel. But in Luke 6, we get a different camera angle on that. 
and listen to what Jesus says there from Luke's perspective. Luke 6, 38. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, and will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, you notice the word order there. Give, then it will be given to you. You see that important word order? Give, then it will be given to you. You you take a leap of faith, you trust God first, and that God will meet your needs second. It's a crucial point. We talked about it last week, and we could probably keep talking about it. You simply cannot outgive God. In God's economy, when we give, when you and I give, we never lose. We only gain. That's God's economy working for us. So what's your story of generosity today? If we were able to get everybody's story on camera kind of like this, what would your story of generosity be? And maybe you could tell that story to your family right around you right now, or or maybe write a letter to someone who's generous to you. What is your story of generosity? How did it impact you to either be the giver or the receiver of generosity? God promises overflow. And he's asking you and I to believe him. That when he says, I know your needs, I've got your back, that we would trust him for that. Can you trust God today to meet your needs while you're being generous? And I just want to offer a challenge to you. We, we've been talking about this idea of generosity the last couple of weeks, and we got a couple more weeks where we'll talk about this. But I want to challenge you to, to really take a leap of faith with, with your time, your, your talents, and, of course, your resources. And I would challenge you to join Jackie and I in what we started when we first got married. I told the story last time about the idea of giving 10% right off the top to, to the local community where Jackie and I were connected, the local community of faith, our church family. And we started doing that right away because we realized very quickly that we live better on 90% than on 100% of our income. It just worked out better. Our priorities changed. So I want to I encourage you to try doing something like that with whatever God's gifted you. Be generous with that. Start with a tithe or start somewhere. In fact, I would even say if some of you are, are starting that giving train and you're figuring this thing out, what about putting in a, uh, something in on recurring giving? That's something that Jackie and I have done recently. And when you set up recurring giving, or whatever that is, it could be to a church family, uh, to maybe a mission, a missionary that you're, you're, you're sending uh, funds to, when you set it up for recurring, you're predetermining the kind of person you want to be. You're predetermining for your family that we are a giving, generous family. And that says a lot. That's a witness to the world, a witness to everyone around us. Giving, and this is really important for us to understand, even giving our resources, let's just focus on that one. That does not force God's hand to somehow make us, or to make him bless us a certain way. Uh, That's a goofy sort of teaching that that I've heard some things on. Look, when we give, it doesn't mean that we're forcing God's hand to somehow, uh, some kind of dollar amount that he must give back to us. That's not how this works. We start with being generous and letting God then meet our needs. It's a heart issue. And I think the closer we get to the Lord, the more generous we become because we're simply reflecting the nature of our Father and our God. 
And it's a beautiful thing. The scriptures tell us to draw near to him. He draws, he draws near to us. And we then become cheerful stewards of the, of the resources he's, he's given to us. And I think generosity really opens doors for us. When we're generous, it softens our hearts and the recipients to God's good news. It's like random or even better, intentional acts of kindness. Living generously is like this open-handed way to live. Not closed-fisted, but open-handed. And we can begin to tell more and more of those generosity stories. About how generosity changes lives. So I just want to leave you with one thing. It's something for me as well. That you and I would endeavor to live the story of blessing. And I rarely do this, but hashtag live blessed. That we would live the story of blessing. We are called to be a blessing. God has given us more than, than enough. And we can be faithful even with a little bit. The blessed baseline is this. And we, we mentioned this already, but most of the world now lives on less than $7 a day. So that means everybody probably hearing this teaching today is blessed with more than enough. And so we can be a blessing to those around us. That's the blessed baseline that God has already gifted us enough and even we, we can be faithful with the little he's given or more that he's given to us. So we can live the story of blessing, to live blessed. Here's a couple more ideas and then I wanna pray together with you. And the, the first one is this. Maybe in your family or you personally could start, start a, a gratitude journal. In fact, I just bought a 2024 journal. It's got the days of the year on it and I'm starting that journal now that I could show some gratitude in the next year. So I would encourage you to maybe start a gratitude journal. The second thing is try buy nothing days. Those are days where you do not actually buy anything. Try doing that. It's kind of hard. That means no Amazon that day or whatever online retailer you go after. So maybe start a gratitude journal. Try and buy nothing days. And the third thing is embrace some anonymous generosity. Embrace some anonymous kindness that you would be kind and generous and do it on the down low so that nobody knows it was you, but God knows. So those three things can help jumpstart this idea of living the story of blessing. And remember, we've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God's dear son. We've been transferred from an, a mindset of scarcity to a mindset of abundancy. Let's live the overflow that God has called us to. Imagine all of us, say we're a church of 150, 200. Imagine all of us this week living out the story of blessing to the people around us. Imagine the, the kind of impact that would make on our families, our neighborhoods, our communities. Let's live the story of blessing and live blessed. Would you pray with me? Father, empower us. Give us the courage and the strength and all the resources that you have so that we could be a blessing to those around us. Father, help us to embrace a mindset of abundance and that we would live out the story of blessing this week. And we pray all this in Jesus' name.